new episode, awesome! Talking about the Lego movie, awesome! Everything is awesome, awesome! Awesome, awesome! And then for another awesome episode of that song from that movie. Aloha, you've reached that song from that movie, our journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. On today's wonderful lockdown summer day, I told Abraham Lincoln to bring his space chair back because I'm your host, Dietrich. Everything is cool when he's part of the team. I am joined by Alex. Yay, hello. And he's from the planet Duplo, and he's here to destroy you. It's Ben. <laughs> yes, that is another, another name for Norwich. <laughs> the planet Duplo. <laughs> the planet Duplo. It does say it on the sign. <laughs> So today's episode is Everything is Awesome, or as it's stylized, Everything is Awesome, with three exclamation points. Oh yeah, it's all in in caps, isn't it? Yeah, so this was from the Lego movie. I think we all knew that. Uh, So let's see if we can cast our minds back to the time it was released, which was January 2014. Not that that was that long ago. (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) Seeing as when we've done this in the past, it's been like, oh wow, we're going back to the 90s, 60s, 70s. Uh, no, this is uh, six years ago. We really should remember <laughs> anything that you say. Yeah, so when I was doing doing the research for this, I was like, oh, everyone's going to remember this. This isn't interesting. I'm guessing you found some stuff though that maybe we didn't know about. I, f- I found some stuff I thought was interesting. Uh, the wait was finally over as BBC's Sherlock returned. It was the return following the cliffhanger that had everyone talking. Yeah. How did Benedict Cumberbatch survive that fall? Oh, yes, I remember yeah, that. Would... Did he even survive at all? Well, they never definitively showed how he did it, did they, if I remember? There was like three, did you see in the I episode, they did. like four different ways. No, I don't think I don't think they confirmed it, I think. It, well, maybe they did. I mean, it's been a while. It's probably been since 2014 when I watched it. But I'm sure there was like multiple versions that they showed in the episode and they never sort of said it was this one, it was this one. You're right, yeah. So the show never actually gave an answer. Instead, it sort of like mocked the audience for even caring about <laughs> why he would survive. <laughs> Because even the one of them was like Darren Brown, just going, "I tricked the audience." Yeah, that was it. Psych. <laughs> yeah, that was a good wink to camera there. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't like BBC Sherlock, so when it didn't have an actual conclusion to that cliffhanger, I was not surprised because to me that was the entire show, no payoff. Yeah, and as well, like it that marked the point where it started to get a bit silly. Yeah, into, into its own shtick. It was like before then. It was like the first two seasons were I thought were really good. And then following on from that, it was just like, mm, they're, they're trying to be too intellectual now. They're trying to push it too far. Yes. Yeah, and that was kind of the beginning of that. Moving on, a strange new concept opened its doors in San Francisco this month. I want you to follow me on this. All right, so get this. It's a cafe. Are you still with me? Yep, following. Whoa, 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 slow down, it, kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is going to blow your mind. Uh, wait, you have to pay to get into the cafe. Right. And then you have to pay again once you're in there for a cup of coffee or what? a nice little treat. So you pay to get in and then you have to pay for the coffee and all food. Yep. Yeah. Why? Yeah, makes sense. So no, well, okay, makes sense, yeah. But, yeah, I'm following the, <laughs> the situation. Go on. And you get to stroke cats. Oh, there you go. Oh, there's the big cat place thing. That's it. So in 2014, there was a birth of the cat cafe. Six years later, they're everywhere. Yeah. You can't yeah. even like walk down a high street without seeing a cat cafe. Yeah, there's the one in Leeds, isn't there? Just doing it around to Leeds. There's one everywhere. There's probably loads in Leeds. <laughs> Multiple cat. They remind me of those fish bath things that cleans your feet. Oh yeah, the nibbly fish. They'll be around. They'll be around for a bit, and then something will happen, and that will show that actually it's really bad for you. Well, everyone will get rid of the cats because of the coronavirus. Yep. It wasn't that one of the things that came yep. out last week. 
I think a cat got it, but it didn't spread it. Oh, it couldn't spread it. Right. It was, yeah, it was like it went. It transmitted from humans to cats, but it can't transmit from cats to humans or something like that. Yeah, did a tiger in like Bristol Zoo get it or something? <laughs> I swear I read that on a news article. I don't know where it was. Maybe it was the Onion. I don't know. Yeah, how how would they know? It wasn't sneezing. You need to check your sources, Ben. Are they saying that they're test they're testing tigers before they're testing humans? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they are doing animal testing before human testing. I don't know why you pick. I don't know why you pick a tiger. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why tiger Maybe it was a really famous tiger. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was one of the ones from Joe Exotic's. Um, yes, maybe sanctuary. it was. Oh, well, no, not sanctuary. Hey, are you cool cats and kittens? <laughs> I got a vaccine for you. <laughs> Mate, let you know what side you're on, Alex. If you're calling it a sanctuary. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm on. I'm, I'm not on Carol Baskin's side, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not really on anyone's side in that documentary. I think that's fair. <laughs> no, yeah, one I don't. Good. No one come out of that documentary well. <laughs> no, no, that was the point. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. The wrestling world was in mourning as female wrestling royalty Mae Young passed away peacefully at her home. Is Mae Young the one that always uh, had skits with Mark Henry? Yes. Uh, (laughs) So I thought it'd be a nice moment to remember all the memorable things about her career in wrestling, and more specifically, the absolutely batshit crazy moments that she was involved in, as we play Mae Young or Made Up. Oh my god. Made up. <laughs> Amazing. Is that that? I'm guessing that's not Mae Young's uh, entrance music. I hope it was. That's some uh, public public domain music I found on uh, on the internet that where I could fit in Mae Young or Made Up. It's like ragtime jazz. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. Okay, so the background because I know Ben isn't as much into the wrestling world. Not a clue who we're on about. Okay, so Mae Young was a female wrestler, um, born actually not born. Was she born, wasn't sorry. born. <laughs> but I'm not going to say when she was born because that might reveal one of the uh, questions. Uh, so she was a female wrestler who Existed. was game for just about any storyline in WWE. Okay. Um, so when people think of pro wrestling and they think pro wrestling is dumb, generally it's Mae Young's antics that they, the kind of thing they're thinking of. Yeah. The most famous example would be Mae Young with her partner Mark Henry, who was nicknamed Sexual Chocolate, <laughs> uh, famously gave birth to a hand. I do remember that one. <laughs> gave birth to a what? A hand. Um, so, yeah, with just a hand, obviously. No reason ever given for it. <laughs> and people say wrestling is fake. I don't speak about that. Wait, no. so am I saying is the hand thing made up, or is that actually true? That's a true example. That's an example okay. of okay. the truth. <laughs> okay, so I've got three uh, events in my notes. It's your job to figure out whether or not the story was May Young, or whether it was made up. Welcome to the movie podcast, kids. <laughs> about a kid's film. <laughs> So, one. True. Mae Young, whilst recovering from injuries, was dragged out of a wheelchair, powerbombed off the stage around 15 foot through a table onto concrete floor by Bubba Ray Dudley. Is that Mae Young or made up? You see, it does sound like something that definitely would have happened in the Attitude Era. But I mean, she was an old lady, though. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, like, she did mad stuff, but would she get powerbombed through a table? Off the stage. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say that's too much. It's too much. She would have probably died. Can you please, like, play along with a quiz and say made up rather than false? Oh, sorry, sorry, Dave. I'm going to say made up. If I know Mae Young, then she's exactly the kind of person that would do this. I'm saying this is... What's the true thing again? Mae Young. Mae Young. Young. Points, Ben. No! (laughs) So, yep, that was completely real. That happened on an episode of Raw. Number two. To celebrate future President of the United States, Donald Trump's birthday... Mae Young popped out of a novelty oversized birthday cake in skimpy ring gear and a sash proclaiming, I'm all yours. 
Is that mm-hmm. Mae Young or made up? That's got to be Mae Young. That's got to be, surely. Because, I mean, Donald Trump did appear on wrestling, didn't he? So you're going Mae Young? Yeah, I'm going Mae Young, yeah. What about you, Ben? I'm going for a clean sweep. Made up. That is made up. Oh, Honestly, ben, ben, just... are you sure you don't know who Mae Young is? Well, I would just like just like to introduce special guest for the podcast, Mae Young. <laughs> She's dead, Ben, but it's already been established. Oh, no! <laughs> get, get rid of the body. For a bit of pride, Alex, you got it. One final one. Oh, God, I've already lost. Three. During the wedding of Mae Young and sexual chocolate Mark Henry, <laughs> the ceremony was interrupted by The Undertaker, who chokeslammed Mae Young into a casket, which was inexplicably ringside. Is that Mae Young or made up? I mean, is it... <laughs> 100% that must be Mae Young. I'm going to go Mae Young as well. You're both wrong. I made that up. Ah, well done. That, that sounds very believable. For this person I have never heard of. It does sound like, They all sounded believable and non, not believable at the same time. I guess that's the point of Mae Young or made up. Okay, so that was May Young and Made Up. I can't wait for the next round. <laughs> I don't know when we're going to do it again. It will, though. It's going to happen again at some point. Okay, so we probably should move on to the actual podcast. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the Lego movie. Uh, it was released. It was actually released in February 14, which was the month after the song came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, the movie is about a person called Emmett, a seemingly ordinary guy who is shockingly prophesied to be the chosen one or as the movie calls it, The Special. Um, He's entrusted with a huge task of saving the world from the cruel ways of the evil Lord Business. Did I mention that the movie is all in Lego? Didn't see that one coming, did you? (laughs) What a twist. So the movie far exceeded uh, the expectations placed upon it, uh, both financially and critically. Have you guys seen the film? Yeah, I think it's great. uh, I think it definitely surprised me. I was expecting a very shallow cash grab for a what is basically a children's toy. But yeah, no, it was really good. It's like a joke a minute, probably more actually. Had a decent message, I felt. And yeah, really well written. Um, what about you, Alex? Yeah, I think Ben's kind of summed up there. I think surprised is definitely the word because you just don't, ex- you didn't expect it to be as good. And I think I saw it maybe after most people and was just like shocked that everybody was saying, yeah, you need to see this film. Um, but like Ben said, I think like it's, it's very funny for one thing, but it sort of successfully toes that line between it being like engaging for children, but also having all those pop culture references and, you know, there's a bit of satire in there as well. And it does pose some profound questions. It sure does. So yeah, I think it's good. I think it's very good. Yeah, much better than expected. I've got a question that I don't know if you guys know, because obviously I feel like Lego has had a bit of a renaissance of late. Yeah. Does that renaissance predate the film? I would have thought so. Yeah, no, I, th- I just can't remember. I'd, I had Lego as a kid, but it was a more or less hand-me-down Lego. I didn't really get that much of my own. I think it sort of runs in line with like when they did the video games, you know, like the Lego Star Wars and Lego Harry Potter. Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah, of course. I actually, yeah, I had them. It's once they started licensing it, basically, isn't it? Yeah, and but then I think maybe the film, you know, probably caused them a larger spike. But I think they've maybe been building towards it, and that's why, like, in the film, there's loads of actual characters, isn't there? From yes, yes. Those sets that were already available. Yeah. And some that would become available, like the Simpsons, because I don't think the Simpsons one was out before the film. It could have been. Well, I guess it was. It was Warner Brothers, wasn't it? And I guess things like Batman. I think around by the rights were run by Warner Brothers, weren't they? For animated. Yeah, uh, I think Warner Brothers has a deal with DC for all theatrical yeah. versions of DC characters are under their banner. Oh yeah, because there's like the Superman, there's Wonder Woman, there's also in it as well. Isn't yeah. It? Uh, moving on to the song, "Everything Is Awesome." I'm not gonna 
say it ridiculously every, every time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was released the month before. Uh, there were actually two versions of this song. There was one that was used in the movie, in the trailers and adverts, and then there was another version, which was the single that was released. Okay. Yes. The movie version is performed by Joshua Bartholomew and Lisa Harrington. Fantastic names. Under the name of Jolie. Get it? Oh, no. Nope. Josh and Lisa. Jolie. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> ben did get it. Get what? Whilst the version on the single was performed by a pair of twins called Tegan and Sarah with additional stuff from the Lonely Island. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I knew they had the rap bit. So who who's in that? It's Andy Sandberg and who's the other guy? There's three. There's three. There's three guys, and I can only name Andy Samberg. Well, sorry. <laughs> sure. I do the thing where it's the Leonardo DiCaprio thing, my point at the screen every time I see someone from the Lonely Island, but Andy Samberg is the only one I can actually name. <laughs> yep. They all sound really similar, though, in the songs, don't they? Like, as well, there's like nothing that really seems to distinguish them. No. They're but... just shouting. <laughs> yeah. Or talk, spoken word rap. So I actually watched the opening credits of the Lego movie where the song's played. And the Lowly Island actually do appear in the movie version, but they're not credited for it. Oh, really? Yeah, they're just credited on the single version. <laughs> yeah, because they have... I smell a lawsuit. It has, like, the breakdown bit, doesn't it? And yep. uh, and then I'm sure that their voices... There is a part of, the like, one of the raps in the, in the film version. Exactly. Yeah, weird. Yeah. So the song's used in the opening credits, and it keeps getting referenced throughout the entire film. I mean, if you've seen the Lego movie, the song is essentially sort of drilled into your brain. You know this song inside and out. <laughs> and it stays with you for months and years later. Yeah. I'm a bit annoyed that we did this podcast anyway because it made me remember the song and now it's going to get out of my head. <laughs> it is definitely. That's the intention, I guess, isn't it? Definitely. They wanted a catchy song and they definitely got it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's the perfect pop song. Was there intention to make, like, because in the... In the film, it's there to just be more or less an annoying song that is, I guess, supposed to be extremely mundane and repetitive that it gets stuck in your head. But people seem to actually like it. So did they expect that? Or did they just think it would be the same? As in, it would just be a really annoying song. From doing research, they essentially just wanted the song to be upbeat and high tempo. Okay. So they just basically got a guy to write like the most upbeat, high tempo song he could. And they did. No, I mean, it definitely is that. The film is that, though, isn't it? The film is just, it, well, it never stops. Yeah, it is <laughs> a million miles per hour. It is, yeah. So I remember when the first announcement was made for the Lego movie, it was met with contempt, and in some parts, Reddit, let's be honest, Reddit, real like vitriol at the idea of mining Lego's IP just to make a generic Lego movie. Especially with a title as bland as The Lego Movie. <laughs> yep. I remember myself thinking, like, how do you even make a movie about playing Lego? Yeah. I mean, like we said earlier, when we said uh, both of us gave our opinion of the film, I think the fact that we were surprised that it was good obviously tells you what your opinion of, of the idea was to begin with. Like, it, it didn't feel like, you know, there was, there's a lot of animated sort of films that come out just for kids where it's just like, it feels like a, a money grab. And this felt like it would probably be that. So, yeah, very surprised that it turned out to be a lot more than that. And it definitely still is that. Because you can tell from what they've done since, they are all about the cash. Yeah, like the sequel, the Batman one. You know, they've had the Lego, Lego, Lego movie two, like Ninjago, the Batman movie. They've got another one coming out. Yeah, they are all about this uh, cash cow. Yeah, it was definitely a concentrated effort to make this a huge, almost cinematic universe. Yes. 
by starting it going, it's so bland that we can uh, do sequels where we can bolt new things into it. I didn't mind the the Lego Batman movie. I thought it had some funny bits. Did you see Ninjago? I, I haven't actually, no. I've seen the Has second anyone? Lego movie. I think, well, it's so popular with kids, isn't it? That Lego Ninjago is like their bionicles. Does it not annoy anybody that it's called Ninjago, not Ninjago? <laughs> Ninjago? Chickago? Going to see that Ninjago? It doesn't sound like Grandpa. No, I, I can't say it has the... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never annoyed. Every time you see it written down now, you'll read it and go, oh, that says Ninjago. No, it doesn't. I'm saying that like Lego Ninjago. <laughs> Ninjago. Ninjago. Pan pending. <laughs> I'm definitely going to say it like that now. It's definitely Ninjago, all right. There's no, no debate on this. Despite how well received the movie was, even by us, it was not nominated for an Oscar for Best Animated Movie that year. It's terrible. The winner that year was Big Hero 6. Which was not as good as this film. I think it was better. No, really? I liked Big Hero 6. San Francisco, is it? Is that what it is? Yeah. That's beautiful. But... (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. It's just beautiful. But, um, yeah, Lego Movie's better. I, I I would concur with Ben. I think Lego Movie was was better. It has a lot more to say, yeah. Yeah, I remember it more. But maybe I have seen it more. Well, if you've seen it more times, you should jump on your Disney Plus account and watch Big Hero 6 equal number of times as the Lego movie and then make your opinion. Was that a plug for Disney Plus? Are we sponsored by Disney Plus? (laughs) (laughs) Making it big. (laughs) Trying to, I hope. Give us money. Yeah, I mean, if they want to give us money. However, the song, Everything is Awesome, was nominated for Best Original Song. It was the only nomination the film got, but it didn't win. What won? Oh, no. What did a song from Big Hero 6 win? <laughs> <laughs> what, as in the Fall Out Boy song? <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I didn't realise. What song is it? Um, Unbreakable or something like that? Uh, we are... Um, 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 yeah, something like that. We'll do it in a future podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> no, we won't. What will ruin that is that everyone will go, we already know that Big Hero 6 won, we've already listened to the Lego movie episode. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the winner was Glory from Selma. Oh yeah. Uh, that, no, that was that was a pretty good song. Not a good film though. Yeah, and I think it was always going to win an Oscar over Everything Is Awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was fine. No riots there. So, do you think there's any reason why the Academy thought it was not suitable to nominate the movie, but nominate the song? Ooh, good question. So it wasn't nominated for Best Animation. That is surprising. Do you have the list of all the films that were nominated? Um, nope. If you vamp a little bit, I will Google. Just play the theme song again from the quiz. <laughs> I, d- I don't really know, because I think, like, visually, it is it is very well put together, especially that scene as well, the, the everything is awesome scene. Like, how it's been crafted is, is quite amazing, really. So, it, yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, at least throw a nomination this way, because it can't have been that many animated films. But, I mean, the song, I suppose, maybe just sticks around more, and you just can't, like I said, can't get it out of your head. So maybe that's that's why, <laughs> when they were doing the nominations, they were just singing it, and like, well, I got <laughs> Damn this film. It wouldn't surprise me if, for the same reasons why we were all a bit sceptical when we first heard about the film, where people at the Academy were like, I'm not watching this film. It's just an advert. Yeah. 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 Possibly. I've got the list of the other Best Animated Film nominees that year. So, Big Hero 6. The Box Trolls. It's a good film. (laughs) I mean, I've not seen that, but it didn't look good. That's a good film. But not a Lego movie. True. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2, which I, again, would say is better than the Lego film. Wow, okay. Lego movie, sorry. Don't want to get sued. <laughs> Song of the Sea? Anybody? Really good film. Really good film. And the final one, which I'll probably butcher, 
the tale of the Princess Kaguya. Kaguya. Yeah, it's the Studio, yeah, Gib- yeah, studio, studio Ghibli. Ghibli. I said Takahata one. That was always going to get nominated. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think DreamWorks, Pixar, Studio Ghibli, they're always kind of just, you know, I think a lot of the people in the Academy probably don't watch animated films. And I think they just rely on a few certain, you know, the obvious choices. And I think after that, it's just... Because Warner Brothers Animation wasn't a thing before that, was it? I think Lego Movie was the first Warner Brothers Animation of the new studio. Well, wasn't there all the like the Batman films? Were they not Warner Brothers? Yeah, no, but I think it was a new... I'm pretty sure it was like a new creation, as in like... Uh, an, yeah, Warner Brothers Animation had already... Oh, the actual studio, sorry. But the the studio, as in called Warner Brothers Animation... I think it was new for Lego movies, so I don't think they had that standing, you know, to prop them up. Whereas I think they often go, okay, it's the animated category. What has Disney done? What has DreamWorks done? What has Studio Ghibli done? Or Ghibli, whatever. And I think that's just what they go on a lot. And I think they, I think it's changing because a few more, like, really independent um, animations did well this year. Was it Klaus did really well? And is it I Lost My Body? The one about the hand on Netflix is really good. As in the hand that Mae Young gave birth to. Uh, it, you know what? There may be a tie-in somewhere there. <laughs> we need to do that in a future episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that there's, there's a chance that it just lost because it was it's a new studio without that sort of legacy to stand on. And maybe not the financial backing to actually yes. do a sort of press campaign around the Oscars, where they schmooze all the... Uh, yeah, there's no Michael Eisner breathing down your neck. I think it's a bit of a snub, though, not to give him a nomination, personally. Yeah, definitely. Which one would you get rid of? Well, I've, I've not seen all of them, um, so I can't really comment. Um, but, I mean, the, the ones I've seen are all good, to be fair. Big Hero 6, How to Train Your Dragon 2, they're both good. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, you may have noticed when I was talking about the song details, I didn't mention who wrote the song. I did not notice that, but thanks for pointing it out. <laughs> who wrote the song, Dave? So, there's a dark secret behind these lyrics. Oh my god. Yeah. Was it written by Mae Young? <laughs> it's Mae Young. It's not yeah. a secret, though, is it? <laughs> Just very upfront about everything. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so, the writer of the song was a guy called Sean Patterson. So not exactly a household name. And this is essentially the only song that he's got any sort of notoriety for. Mm-hmm. Right. He basically does work on Red and Stimpy and on Robot Chicken. Okay. He is in the me- works in the media world, but this was like his big break into doing movies. So when he was approached to do the song for the Lego movie, obviously it was a big opportunity, which he couldn't say no to. However, he was just coming off a very messy breakup and as breakup, he didn't want to end. Uh, so when you look through the upbeat lyrics and apply what I've just told you, suddenly the song takes on a very different meaning. Oh God, is, like, <laughs> is, it, is it an ode to my ex? Well, even like just the line, everything is awesome, is by the writer's own admission, sarcastic, because that's the exact opposite of his like mental state at the point of writing the song. Okay, yeah. Uh, line, lines like, everything is better when we stick together. Yeah, well, I thought that okay. was a Lego reference. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so did I. But it's maybe both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Right. <laughs> that just adds an extra element to it. But I mean, oh. to be fair, like when it features in the song, like you kind of, it's kind of tongue in cheek, isn't it? Because like it's a dictator's state where the Lord Business or whatever his name is is in control of everything. <laughs> yeah, Lord Business. Isn't Lord Business his first name? 
don't know if his name is Lord Business. What is his name, Andy? Yeah, you know, it's early. Lord Business. Oh, it is Lord Business. Okay. It is Lord Business, but I think his title is different because his name is Lord Business. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, there is that element to it anyway, even in the film, isn't there? That there's kind of yes. two ways of seeing it. Um, there's, like, we, we say that everything is awesome and you take it as the truth. Or I suppose that the positive spin on it is that everything is capable of being awesome if you use your imagination. So that's kind of like that sort of like creativity versus like strict rules that theme yes. that runs throughout the film. So mm. I suppose the song represents that as well. That's where Emmett sits, isn't it? Because Emmett is the in the middle ground. Because even the the what are the other one? What are the other sort of individuals called? Like his girlfriend and Batman, the Master Builders. Master Builders. That's it. They're all. Like their strengths are in like their creativity and individuality, but they can't do anything because they just can't work together. Whereas Emmett is kind of the he brings that element of teamwork because he just wants to belong and be part of something, which is evident in the song. You know, it's part of being part of a team, and that seems to be the key message of the film of working together to achieve something greater. And he, I guess, he sits in between that sort of. Um, just you know living life by a dictator you know in an orwellian society and the opposite who are trying to rebel but just as individuals and not as part of something and he is bringing you know bringing them together to well strive for something better yeah definitely i think that's exactly what it's about isn't it there's the two sides of of working together there's the forced side and there's the <laughs> this yes. by choice and that's that's yeah it's really really true when the writer wrote this, it wasn't clear how much he actually knew about the film, like, or whether or not he was just told, make sure this song is upbeat and a running theme is going to be the word awesome, so fit it in everywhere. It's yeah. hard to tell. Yeah. But the writer did say that he had to like dial down a lot of it because it came in across as sarcastic. Right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I suppose it really does. it really does sit in between, doesn't it? It's like... It works as both. It works as sarcastic, but then at the end, it's like oh, it works as feel good as well. Um, yes, yeah. Well, that's the, I, I guess the film, in the same way, is like you know promoting this individual creativity, while at the same time is a multi-billion-dollar corporation that's wanting to sell you things. You know, as a, as a film and as the actual narrative, they're both the same. You know, you can praise the film for pushing this individuality and creativity and teamwork and these like core important values when at the same time they are a multi you know they're a, lego is a huge company that really mostly they're just bothered about sales yeah i mean the film can be seen as like a pr campaign can't it to improve their image oh yeah 100 percent, and it did yeah and then it worked <laughs> but they were always like when they were originally created it was as like an educational toy um but as well yes. like you know it's created for children and to help them be creative and be imaginative. And so I suppose that's kind of the message, they, the, the way they want to be seen. They still do use it in some ways, though. Lego therapy is quite a common used sort of tool to, especially with children with um, with like autism spectrum conditions, to promote teamwork. Rather than one person building it themselves, they have to work almost like a, on a service line and get people to, pa- like, oh, can you pass me that piece? Can you, know, can you put that way? And trying to get people to work together so i think people still use it as an educational tool and it has that benefit but it has just gone past that because of the marketing power and i mean the, the price of some of those toys my gosh like they're, they're like 50 60 quid sometimes for like something that fits in your hand way more yeah well i mean like some of them are like in the, the few hundreds aren't they like the hogwarts castle and the death star and oh yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the, i think the death star is like 500 quid or something obscene 
But man. Even the knockoff ones are expensive. Yeah, like the the Wilkers block ox or whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What stickle bricks? Stickle bricks. Do you remember that? They were a bit different though, weren't they? <laughs> they were like the uh, the three and under for like Duplo version. The th- the thing is, what, as what to go back to the value is that um, they obviously they only have they only make a limited amount, so that they're actually the value only goes up in money as well. So they're usually worth more than they originally were after a few years, which is crazy, isn't it? So uh, people, I think, at one point there was reports that people were instead of like robbing banks and stuff, they were hijacking Lego lorries. <laughs> Because <laughs> you can make so much profit. Of it. Gotta get me them sweet Legos. <laughs> well, it's crazy, but yeah. And all that will just sit on somebody's shelf unopened because it loses its value as soon as it's opened. Well, no longer exactly, a collectible. Yeah. <laughs> no longer collectible. Exactly. Yeah. The song was apparently spoofed in the second Lego movie. Uh, with everything's not awesome. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, a few places said that the UK one was called "Everything Is Awful," but I didn't find Ooh. any reference to it. <laughs> Other than oh. outside of like a few articles saying that the UK will have a different version, maybe because I, I assume maybe something to do the word "awful." Is that not like not very good? Maybe "awesome" is just quite an American. T- I feel it's just an American word. It's not. It doesn't really often just fall in the British vernacular. True, but then the first one, they didn't change it, did they? So it would have made more sense for it to be everything is not awesome. Well, I suppose you can't say everything is smashing. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is super smashing great. Everything's proper good, in it? Yeah, sketchy. Everything is buzzing. (laughs) I think that's already a song. MC Devo. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so have you two seen the second Lego movie? I have, yes. I have, yeah. I don't remember which which version was in it though. I remember this being the song, but I don't remember whether it was not awesome or awful. No, I don't. I don't. I don't remember the song at all, and that's clearly, I guess, a thing. I don't think the film was very good. I think it didn't really know what to do. Well, the sequel bombed. The first one was a phenomenon. It made five hundred million dollars on a sixty million dollar budget, but the sequel made one hundred ninety million on a hundred million budget. Mm-hmm. So, well, you usually say to double your budget after marketing so by that logic it's probably made a loss yeah exactly yeah oh, the sequel in terms of just box office reven- revenue is thought to have made them a small loss which is crazy by just how popular the first movie was and the lego batman movie was isn't there quite a few songs though in the second lego movie i feel like i remember the queen whatever her name was singing a song yeah definitely was at least one more um possibly a few it was mo- i think it was more of a musical in a way wasn't it yeah, I'm pretty sure. So I don't know if they were. They obviously thought actually the song was more successful. Let's try and get a few more of them out. And I think nowadays film soundtracks are just so profitable because they can sit at the top of. Because nowadays people don't really buy albums like they used to. I think these soundtracks, you know, yeah, like um, Greatest Showman, La La Land, things like that, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man. They, they sit at the top of the charts for months. And makes so much money. I think film soundtracks are just the way to go sometimes for profit. I mean, like the entire Trolls franchise is based around the idea of just licensing songs yes. from yeah. artists and then putting it on Spotify and they get small amount of the residuals from their normal plays. But clearly they couldn't get that formula to work for the second Lego movie. Nope. No. There was that film Sing as well, wasn't there? Which I think was the oh, Illumination yeah. Studios, which was like just lots of pop songs. Yeah. It was the was the sequel written by Lord and Miller? 
I don't know. The same, because they've obviously got a lot of plaudits for being a very good writing duo. I'm just trying to have a look. Yeah, yes, yeah, it is those. That must be like one of their first real misses. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it still did all right critically. I mean, it's got, I'm just looking, it's got 85%. Yeah, sorry, it did do very well critically, just financially didn't do numbers. So yeah, I mean, they've got they've got good stock, I feel. I, I didn't, when I watched it, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, there was quite an, an intelligent, like, like crazy time travel storyline, wasn't there, that came back at the end. It was kind of like pieced together very well. But I suppose it just didn't have the impact of the first one, maybe. But some of the set designs were, were really good. Possibly even better than the first one. Like the Apocalypse Berg or whatever it was called <laughs> at the beginning. So yeah, I think it did have some positives. A lot more money. Yeah, maybe they had more money to go into it. But I think it did It did have some positives, but maybe it just didn't hit the zeitgeist like the first one did. I didn't even know that this movie had come out when I, I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind watching the Lego Movie 2 the summer it came out to find out it actually was released in the springtime and it had already left cinemas. I had no <laughs> idea it had actually been released. They did a big campaign in cinemas. I remember when we went quite a few times in that, probably in that, when the sequel came out, was it 2017, 2018? 2019. 2019. Um, I think we went to the cinema quite a few times in that sort of January, February period, and there was an advert before every film. That was like a Lego... Like, I don't know if it tied in with uh, Compare the Meerkat or Market, or whatever it's called. <laughs> there was like one of those times at the beginning of the films. But that's the only time I really saw it advertised. The only time I ever saw it advertised was on DFS adverts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there were those adverts. But that wasn't an actual trailer. It was just the characters happened to be interacting with a sofa. <laughs> yeah. A double-decker double couch. There must have been a reference. The double-decker... <laughs> Where are my pants? <laughs> I would watch that TV show. It looked great, didn't it? It really did. There's callbacks throughout the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are your pants. Series over. <laughs> so, compared to when we've done this previously, this is quite a modern film. So, this question might be a little bit redundant, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think this movie still holds cultural significance? Does well, I mean, Le- Lego is a is just an absolute force within children's toy market. They will keep making these films. It's launched this. Well, I won't say it's a cinematic universe, but it's just they're just going to keep churning these out until they know they stop making money or they can stop making toys on these films as well. Yeah, it, it still does because Lego is in and it's a hit. And what about the song? Yeah, well, I stays like as soon as we said we were going to talk about this song this week, I have not stopped humming it. So it, it's and like it's like we said, it's only those four lines. I have no idea what the rap is on about, but they really they just it just gets in. It's catchy, the beat. Yeah, I, it's it just it, I'll always remember it. I feel. No, you might be able to hear my cat there on the mic. Yeah, we can <laughs> keep that in. We'll keep, keep it in. It in. <laughs> And what about you, Alex? Um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, definitely it does, doesn't it? I mean, the Lego's not going anywhere. Um, and like Ben said, like they're, they're just going to keep releasing spin-offs and spin-offs and spin-offs. I mean, I think, like, not to bring up Disney Plus again, unless they do want to give us some endorsement. There's there's even like loads of Lego Star Wars like films and stuff on Disney Plus that I didn't know, even know existed. So they're probably quite old. Yeah, like the Freemaker Adventures and stuff like that. Yeah, so maybe they'll they'll you know bring back... That and do some more Lego Star Wars films, I don't know. Possibly not, now that it's owned by Disney. Yeah, so I, I can only see more films. Maybe not another Lego movie, but they might do something else, like they've done with Ninjago or Lego Batman. In terms of the song, 
I think probably has a longer lasting, almost longer lasting power. I feel like just the fact that you can never get it out of your head once you've heard it. <laughs> it just means even if you don't want it to stick around, it's going to be sticking around with you. I think both of them will do. Um, I guess only time will tell. So which brings us to the ultimate question, the ultimate moment of any podcast. And if it, another podcast isn't having this segment, then they're not as good as ours. It's a fact. Movie or song, or song or movie, as I've written down here. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go first this week because I always go last. <gasps> yeah. So I'm I'm picking song uh, because I will remember the song. I think in 10 years' time, I'll only remember the song about the movie. So song for me. What about you, Alex? Oh, yeah. Um, definitely song. <laughs> definitely song. Um, because like when we just, you know, when you said you wanted to do this episode, I was trying to think like of bits from the film that I remember and stuff and the main part that I remember is that opening sequence with the song playing and him getting the coffee the other the seven dollar coffee or whatever it is I'm going awesome yeah, I think it's more it's like thirty dollars <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so that that's the scene that I really remember from the film and it's probably partially due to the song oh, if, not, if not in a large part due to the song that's the victory for the song but can it make it a clean sweep Ben yes good no, but no, it, yeah, this, it, it, for those exact reasons, the song will last a lot longer than the film. But Lego will always be around, so maybe the film will just keep rearing its head. So you are going song, or because you feel like you were sort of talking yourself into going movie there. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely song. Definitely song. Definitely song. Maybe film. Maybe film. Maybe film. <laughs> I feel like Ben every time sort of like starts talking to himself and like turns around on his opinion. So yeah, hundred percent film. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a three one win. <laughs> yes. A bit a bit of a wash there. Alright, so I just want to thank the audience for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed the ride. <laughs> it makes it sound like I'm trying to do some sort of like safety thing at the end <laughs> yes. of a, like a roller coaster. <laughs> uh let so let us know what you think of the song and the movie uh on our Twitter and oh my god, I didn't update my notes. It still says that from song. <laughs> That from song from movie. Right, so the, the Twitter handle is TSFTM pod. <laughs> you did it. Is that right? I don't know. I lose track when you get midway through it. <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle as well. It, I wasn't listening. If it didn't have the pod bit, I think I'd be able to get it, but because somebody else stole, stole uh, TSFTM. Those scoundrels. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, share, and subscribe as they would say. Tell your friends. So it's uh, time for some goodbyes. So it's goodbye from me, Dietrich, your host, and goodbye from Alex. Dogs with fleas, allergies, a book of Greek antiquities. That's like true poetry, that, isn't it? That's a line from the song. Is it? <laughs> brand new plant, brand new <laughs> pants, a very old vest. Awesome items are the best. Trees, frogs, clogs, they're awesome. Rocks, clocks, and socks, they're awesome. Figs and jigs and twigs, that's awesome. Everything you see or think or say is awesome. It's like a Dr. Seuss, but it's like Lord Byron. I'm assuming this is the Lonely Island bit. Yes, it is. I do not like green eggs and ham. I hope he didn't take any of your lines there, Ben, so it's goodbye from Ben. No, I would just say favel to all our Danish contingent listening out there, which is goodbye. <laughs> How very renaissance have you been? Yes. Oh, and I know we've got a huge uh, Danish following. Yeah. Is that basically to make up for the fact you couldn't think of a quote again? Goodbye. <laughs> Bringing up the true question. Farvel, I said Farvel. Goodbye, Goodbye everybody. Bye. <laughs> Farvel.
Uh, there was actually a tiebreaker that I came up, which was <laughs> no. where the age where the age came into it. So how old? Ju- just for a bit of fun, how old was Mae Young when she gave birth to the hand? When she gave birth to the hand. So how old did she say she was when she died? I didn't. Oh, did you not? Um, <laughs> no, because I didn't want to give away the answer. But we never actually got to this question. I'm going to say she's probably like 64 when she gave birth to the hand. Okay. What about you, Ben? I'm going to go for the classic Price is Right tactic and say 63. Oh, you scumbag. <laughs> she was 76. Oh, I still win! Do I, get, do, I get, do I get multiple points for that? <laughs> no, you get no. nothing. Oh, I get nothing. <laughs> you don't even get pride. Never had it anyway. If you ever oh. watched that scene back, she's giving birth to a hand and she's just puffing on a cigar. <laughs> classic Mae Young. It's incredible. 